people of faith change their world. Now, we've talked about a number of characters in Scripture, but today we are going to talk about Esther, the influencer. So we've talked about Abraham, we've talked about David, we've talked about Deborah. Today we're going to look at Esther, the influencer. And you know, as we've talked through these other messages, maybe you're like, I don't feel called to be like David and go kill giants, and I don't know about that Deborah, you know, a, a spiritual leader, a political leader, like she was pretty out there. But today we're going to look at another area where I believe God calls some people and allows them to step out in faith and change their world. The definition of faith that we're looking at today is the fact that when we have faith, we believe God and we take action on what he said no matter what. So faith is an action word. Scripture says faith without works is dead. In other words, it's not actually faith. Faith produces action. If you believe something, your actions show it. Okay? I like to think of an example to try to make it easy. If I tell you, hmm, let's see, if I tell you that there is free steak at the coffee bar, there's only five, and you need to get it here right away. The people who believe me are going to do something, aren't they? They're going to run to see who can be first. And I may be like, I don't need steak, it, you know, but... You get my picture. When you believe, action follows. So faith is that. And as we look at the story of Esther, I want you to see clearly that Esther stepped out in faith by boldly influencing others, and she changed her world. Some of you are called to be influencers. Now, Esther was able to influence others and change her world by remaining true to her character and her beliefs. And we're going to look today because each and every one of us has some influence. There's some that I believe are called specifically to be great influencers, but all of us have some influence in our lives. You influence people where you work, you influence in your family. We all influence in some way, okay? But Esther specifically was a great influencer, and it was because of her character and her beliefs that she stuck to no matter what. Esther was a young lady whose parents were killed when she was very young, and her uncle or cousin Mordecai raised her. Now, Israel at that time had been taken over by the Babylonians, and obviously somewhere in that fighting and the terrible time it was, her parents were killed. Her Uncle, we'll call him, Uncle Mordecai, was actually taken captive, probably as a younger person as well, and he raised Esther. Mordecai was in a position where he had some say in the government of the day. He was obviously a slave-slash-servant, but he had wisdom, kind of like Daniel, and they had him in the king's court. And Esther is raised by him, and she respects him greatly as we read the story. Now, during that time, after we're introduced to Esther, it tells us about the king of that entire area and the fact that he seems to do a lot of partying. You can read the story. It's kind of party after party, and he asks the queen to come and 
dance, and you know, he wants her to show off how beautiful she is, and she says, no, I don't think so. I, I don't want to listen to you. And he's really upset by that and asks his wise counselors, what should I do? And they're like, chuck her and look for somebody else. That's not wise counsel, by the way, but that's what they did. So the king is now there with no wife, and uh, they tell him, well, you're going to need a new one. You need to get all the young ladies in the kingdom, bring them, and pick yourself a new wife. And so the king says, okay, I guess that's a great idea. And in Esther 2, verse 8, we read this. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace, into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, they're talking about Esther, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace. And he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Esther had not revealed her people or family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. See, Esther had character and was able to be an influencer because she respected and obeyed authority that was over her, which happened to be her one parent, an adopted father, her uncle. And this character would follow her through and cause her to obtain favor. And she obtained favor quickly with the keeper of the women who was in charge of this beauty contest or whatever it was. And her favor was not just because of her looks. And we're going to go into this a little bit, but you will see that they had gathered together hundreds of good-looking young ladies, so it was not simply looks that they were interested in. Remember, they were looking for somebody who wouldn't do what the last queen did. Just kind of be upset and not care. So they were looking for somebody with character. And Esther gains favor and then is given the best place in the house. And the best place. You see, God wants to give you favor, especially if you're an influencer. Without favor, you can't influence. And favor comes from character. And Esther's character was, I'm good with authority. I have no problem respecting and obeying the father figure in my life. And from there, she moved into a house where another authority figure was, and she showed him respect as well. Esther obtained influential favor because of her humble attitude and the character which came from her upbringing and beliefs. Look at Esther chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai the king's eunuch, custody of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to the king Ashurus, into his royal palace in the tenth month. 
which is the month Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. You see, Esther obtained grace and favor because of her character. And we can see this from this story. You see, each of the women that were there could ask for anything they wanted before they went into the king. They could ask for uh, things, they could ask for people, anything they wanted. And Esther, because of her character, says, whatever you think, hey guy, whatever you want, that's how I'm going to do it. She was humble. Did you know sometimes people who know they have good looks are not humble? How many other young ladies may have been in that group who are like, I want this, and I want this, and oh, shut up, don't give me attitude, and I need this, and now I'm going to be the queen. Yet Esther had a humble heart, and she was like, you know, I'm not sure, Hege, but I can tell that you know, what do you think, what do you say? And her character transferred over to her meeting with the king, and the king was impressed. This is a young lady with character. Because you need to understand something. Beauty can draw attention, but character brings favor and influence. Let me say it again. Beauty can draw attention, but character brings favor and influence. Let me give you a couple scriptures. Proverbs eleven twenty two. A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. Well, that's kind of horrible. That's not a picture anybody wants. The point he's making is the beauty suddenly becomes small and disappears behind the character. And the character becomes much more seen as time goes on. Proverbs 31 and verse 30, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. You see, someone who fears the Lord will be praised. Beauty can get attention, but it won't gain you favor or influence. And I don't want you to think we're picking on the ladies here today. So men, this goes for you as well. You know, men can be just as vain. Men can be like, oh man, I'm just so handsome and everybody knows it. Okay, let me give you scripture for that because there's scripture about a young man who had a real problem in this area. And that young man was named Absalom. In 2 Samuel 14 and verse 25. It says, now Absalom was praised as the most handsome man in all Israel. He was flawless from head to foot. He cut his hair only once a year, and then only because it was so heavy. And when he weighed it out, it came to five pounds. Okay, we get a lot out of this story, but I can kind of see Absalom as one of those kind of guys who was good looking and knew it. And if you'd have lived in that day, and I can tell you from some of the other story, we, we get his personality. He had good looks, but he lacked character. And good looks got him noticed, and it even looked like maybe gained him some favor, but it didn't last because his character came through. 
You see, if you'd have met Absalom, he's one of those guys that would have been like, how's it going? Oh, my hair gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but like when I cut it, it's five pounds. <laughs> How else do we know stuff like that? Apparently, he wanted everybody to know. And then he was so about himself, he decided he wanted to rule his father's kingdom, and so he would hang out at the city gates. And he, everybody he'd meet, he'd be like, hey, bro, what's up? Yeah. And he would give them a hug. And back in those days, it wasn't just a handshake. It was a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Everybody he met. I don't know if you know who I am. I'm Absalom. Yeah. You don't know me? Oh, I've been winning the most handsome man in Jerusalem award every year for five years straight. (laughs) And then he would tell them, you know, if I was in charge, I'd look after your situation. Good looks and charm, but no character. And the end of his story is really bad. He's trying to kill his father and the very hair that he was apparently so proud of would be his destruction. He was riding off on a mule to escape those who were chasing him and his hair got caught in a tree. And he hung there. And that's where his life ended. So let me tell you this. Good looks... We'll get you noticed, but character will get you favor and influence and take you where God wants to take you. So, those of you who are extremely good looking and know it, remember what we're saying here today. Don't get proud about it. Don't let it ruin you. You know, for some, the good looks causes more trouble than good. This story is not actually about Esther's good looks. Some people forget that and the whole story becomes about, oh, she won the beauty contest. That's not what it's about. It's about a young lady with character who God puts in a place of influence. You see, Esther stepped out in faith, influenced people, and changed her world by seeking the Lord and trusting Him. Her influence came from her character, her upbringing, It also came from her willingness to serve God no matter what. You want to have great influence in your world? You want to be someone who changes the world around you? You will need to seek the Lord. We're talking about faith. There is no faith if you don't have the Lord in the picture. I'm not just talking about random people that want to make a difference. I'm talking about people of faith making a difference. If you don't know your God, how can you make a difference if you don't even know what he wants you to do. People of faith seek their God, they know their God, and they make a difference. Esther was no different. Now Esther was not the only influencer in the story. And I need to, before I get to where she's seeking God, bring you up to where we're at. You see, Esther ends up being chosen as the queen She's in that position for a while, and then something happens. You see, there's another influencer in the story named Haman. Haman is right-hand man to the king, and it seems that he's worked his way up until he finally got there. And when you read about him, definitely, he's one of those characters where everything is about him. And he has this great position, And the king has said, this is my right-hand man now. Everybody needs to bow to him. And he loves that. I mean, he walks around and people bow. 
But he walks past the king's gate, and there's this one guy who doesn't bow. His name is Mordecai. That would be Esther's uncle, but nobody knows. She hasn't revealed her family. She's probably just told people, my parents passed away. And she hasn't said that she's a Jew. Mordecai won't bow, and Haman is furious. He cannot believe that someone won't bow, and Mordecai says, well, I can't because I'm a Jew, and my beliefs are that we only bow to God. We don't bow to other people. This makes Haman so furious, he comes up with a great plan to pass a law that on a certain day, people can rise up and kill all the Jews. Because of his insecurity and his need for everybody to bow to him, he's going to wipe out a nation. He's an influencer, and he influences the king to pass this law. The law is passed, and Mordecai begins to fast and pray. Mordecai begins to put on sackcloth and ashes, and he's mourning, and other people throughout the land do the same because... It wasn't just for the little local area of Mordecai. They sent out the poster and put it up everywhere. On this day, everybody's supposed to rise up and kill these people. The news gets to Esther, where she's at. Esther hears the news. Your uncle Mordecai is there. He's in sackcloth and ashes. He's crying. And she's like, what? This is no good. And she sends him some new clothes and tells him here's a set of new clothes uh, that should fix everything I don't know if that's what ladies think sometimes but anyhow Esther figured that would help you know you don't need to fast and pray put these on okay it was a little more spiritual than that but is there anybody here that thinks new clothes will fix some things I just need to go shopping I'll be okay nobody wants to put their hand up for that but <laughs> we know we've been there and guys like, not new clothes, I just need some tools. Everything will be okay. <laughs> but Mordecai sends a message back to Esther and says, hey, these new clothes are not going to fix this problem. This is really serious. You need to know that there's been a law passed. They're going to wipe out our people. And Esther, you're one of our people. You need to go to the king and ask for him to spare our lives. And Esther sends a message back. They didn't have cell phones, no texting or anything like that, so somebody's a runner. She sends the message back. Tell him, I can't just walk into the king without him inviting me, and he hasn't invited me for a month. If I go into his court without being invited, if he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, they kill me. And I don't really want to be killed. Mordecai sends a message back the other way. Dear Esther, I believe that God has chosen you for just a time like this. You have been put there possibly for this time to save your people. And know this, Esther, if you refuse, your household will be destroyed and God will find somebody else. But I think, Esther, he's choosing you. And Esther sends a message back. Tell Mordecai, I'll do it. But I want him and every believer throughout the kingdom to fast and pray for three days. I'll do the same, and all the 
maidens that are serving me will also do the same, and then I'll go to the king. And if I die, I die. Can I say something? Faith says I will do it no matter what. If you ever wonder, well, do I have faith? Are you committed to doing what God wants no matter what? Then yes, you have faith. If you only do it when it's easy, fun, or you're going to get something from it, you might want to check on the faith level. And so Esther says, seek God. You want to have influence where you're at, where you work. If you want to have great influence, you need to be someone who seeks God. And Esther definitely sought God. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek Him first. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You cannot be a person of faith if you never seek Him. You must seek Him. You want to change your world by being a person of faith? You've got to spend time with Him. Do you have a morning devotion? Do you take time to pray and ask Him to put in your heart the things you need to do? It's important. Esther was a person of faith who changed the world by seeking God first. After seeking God, Esther went to the king. She went to the king uninvited, and as she entered in, the king saw her, and he held out his golden scepter. And he said, Esther, what's going on? You know to come in here what can happen. There's obviously something you need. What is your request? I'll give it to you up to half the kingdom. What do you want? Anything. And she said, here's what I want, king. I want you and Haman to come to a banquet that I'm going to prepare tomorrow. And then I'll tell you what my request is. So the king and Haman are invited, and they're heading to a banquet. The first banquet is a really great banquet. They eat, it's, it's fun, and the king says, okay, Esther, what is your request? And she says, you know, this is so important. This is so meaningful to me. I want you and Amon to come back tomorrow for one more banquet. And then I'll tell you this request. She's building some suspense to this. The king is definitely coming back. Like, twice now, he's wondering, what is going on? This must be important. When the banquet's finished, they're heading out, and Haman's heading out to his house. And many don't realize that Haman was a great influencer, but he was also influenced. You see, Haman heads off from this great banquet, and he's walking along, everyone's bowing, and there is that one guy who still doesn't bow. Mordecai's still there. He's already passed a law that in a short amount of time, they're going to wipe everybody out. But Haman throws a fit because this guy still isn't bowing. He goes home and he complains to his close friends, his wise men, and his wife. And we can see from this story that the big decisions that he made in his life, he went to these close friends and his wife, and they influenced him greatly. 
He is at home crying. They don't bow to me. It's just so terrible. You know, I'm the greatest guy in the kingdom, besides the king. And I went to a banquet. It was just me and the king and the queen. And I come, guy, and this guy won't bow. It's horrible. And his wise friends that aren't so wise, and his wife, who it names, because she is so important to this story, because she is an influencer of an influencer. She actually may have more influence than he does. When someone can influence the guy who's the right-hand man who can change a law in the entire kingdom, she's an influencer. Her name was Zeresh. And they influence him and they say, you know, this is really bad. You're such a great guy. This shouldn't happen to you. It's not right. Why don't you build a 75-foot-tall gallows to hang him on? That way, when you hang him, everybody as far around as possible can see. And you'll solve all your problems. They influenced him. He thought, this is a great idea. Let's get her built. Call in the builders. Build it tall. And then he went to go talk to the king. He was going to go ask permission to hang Mordecai. And as he's heading into the king's court, he doesn't realize that the king has not really been able to have a good nap. And they've been reading to him things that happened in the past. And they were reading to him about a time when Mordecai had overheard a conspiracy to kill the king and had made sure that the king wasn't killed and they got rid of those other guys. And the king at that time is asking, did we do anything for Mordecai? Like, this guy saved my life. What did we do for him? Like, uh, I think we kind of missed, like nobody did anything. We didn't even say thank you. Like, wow. While he's talking about that, Haman's in the courtyard. And they're like, Haman needs to talk to you. It's urgent. He comes in. He doesn't give Haman a chance to say anything. He says, oh, Haman, uh, what should the king do for the man he desires to honor? And Haman is so all about himself. He thinks the king wants to honor him. He is like, that guy's got a big head. Like, there's no doubt about it. I don't want to say it, but he was probably good-looking, too. Like, <laughs> what? And so he thinks the king's going to honor him, so he tells the king what he would want. Well, king, I think what you should do is get the horse that you ride on, your royal garments, put them on this person you want to honor, put him on the horse, and then have a very high-ranking person in your kingdom lead the horse around and say, this is what the king does for the person he wants to honor. And in his mind, he can see himself on the horse already, waving to people. And the king says, that's a great idea, Haman. I need you to do this for Mordecai. Go put him on my horse, put my garments on him, and you walk him through this place. There is Haman walking that horse. I don't think he was smiling, but he was hollering, this is what the king does for the person he wants to honor. Haman finishes that extremely uncomfortable job and he heads home and has another crybaby fit. I can't believe it. It's horrible. Guess what happened? And he's once again talking to his trusted group of influencers. I want to say something to each and every one of you. Influence begins at home. Spouses, wives or husbands, influence begins at home. And you can choose to influence for good, or you can choose to influence for negative. 
Every one of us has some influencers, but some of you are called to be influencers, and you are influencing whether you like it or not. What do I mean? You're in a grouchy mood and you're complaining. If you're an influencer, everybody around you is going to go out and do the same thing because you're an influencer. If you're tearing somebody down, the people around you are going to go do the same thing because you're an influencer. Did you know that an influencer with a bad attitude can create a church split? An influencer with a bad attitude can cause a business to fall apart from the inside out? If you run a business and you have an influencer that's against you, they will ruin your business. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Every influencer can choose how they want to influence. And if you're a believer, you should influence to build up, to unify, to refresh, to encourage. Because if you're an influencer, it's a choice. Influence begins at home with parents, with spouses, That influence can change the world. So let's influence well. Unfortunately for Haman, his influencers wanted to influence him for evil. And we aren't told that they helped in his first decision to wipe out the people, but I'm pretty sure they did because two times in a row we're seeing that that's where he went whenever he had a big problem. This time he goes back to them and they bail on him. What did you say just happened, Haman? You had to take who? That's the guy you wanted to hang, and he's a Jew? His close friends and his wife tell him, oh, apparently you're done for. This is a sign. Here's our wise, influential advice. You're done for, and we're out of here. We don't hear about them anymore. We don't hear about those friends or his wife from that point on. I can guarantee you they were like, Oh, Haman, when you go for dinner, don't mention that you know us. Wow. That's an influencer you don't want on your team. They're in it for themselves. Haman goes from this point and heads off to his final dinner. You see, Esther influenced people and changed her world in more ways than we can imagine. They, Haman goes back to the second dinner with the king and, the, and Esther. And the king says, Esther, what is your request? And Esther says, oh, king, I request that you would spare my life and my people's life from someone who is very evil trying to destroy us. And the king is like, what? Somebody would try to destroy my queen? He didn't know she was a Jew. And she says, yeah. It's Haman right there. The king is furious. He gets up in a rage and walks out to the garden. He's thinking, what am I going to do? He's trying to calm his emotions. And Haman realizes this is really bad. And he comes over to where Esther is on the couch. Esther, no, 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 don't spare my life. I don't want to die. The king walks back in the door and he's at the couch right there. And he's like, what? Are you trying to bother my wife now as well? Haman's done. It says that they come, the servants there, and they put a bag over his head. In other words, he covers his head, he's toast. And someone says, oh king, by the way, if you're wondering what you should do, there's this 75-foot gallows that that Haman made. 
for Mordecai. You know the guy that you just honored on your horse? <laughs> He's done. And Haman's life was taken on the gallows he made for somebody else. Influence changes destiny. Influencers change lives. Influencers change history. Are you an influencer? You know, we think of only the big name people, but there's a lady, Haman's wife, who was very specifically named in this story, and her influence caused some trouble. Who are you influencing? Are you influencing well? People of faith change their world by how they influence. Did you know that complaining doesn't change your world? Did you know that? Complaining or even talking about all the great things that you want to do doesn't change your world, but if you're called to be an influencer, influencing people who know how to do things will change your world. This is important because some of you are like, the, the messages we've been sharing, well, I'm not called to run a business. I don't want to be in politics. I'm none of those things, but maybe you're an influencer to help others go there. Esther stepped out in faith and influenced to cause others to be promoted. Maybe you have influence to see someone else promoted in God's kingdom. You see, the king came to Esther and said, well, we have a problem. My right-hand man is no longer around. He's done. And Esther said, oh, I know somebody who would fill that position well. There's this guy named Mordecai. Mordecai now gets Haman's position. He is... Next in command. Do you know God has a plan and he puts people in place and he expects us to use our influence for his kingdom? And Esther did. What about you? Are you using your influence to build his kingdom? Or do we sometimes act a little bit like Haman and our influence is just for our, us, what we need, what we want? Maybe our preference, maybe make it easier for me. Mordecai is promoted because Esther steps out of faith. But Esther didn't stop there with her influence. Esther didn't lead people. Esther didn't run a business. Esther didn't lead an army. She wasn't a spiritual leader. She didn't kill any giants. But she changed history forever with influence. She didn't stop there. Many people don't know that Esther went into the king a second time without being invited. She went in a second time, and this time it says that she actually fell on the ground and was weeping with tears. Ladies know how to use tears if necessary. When I read that story, I'm like, did he not hold the scepter out quick the second time? But she came to him and she said, hey, king I'm so thankful that you saved my life and Mordecai's, but there's still a law that says in a few days they can kill all the Jews. It's in your entire kingdom. And the king says, um, we, don't, we can't change our laws here. Once they're passed, they're passed. But he says to him, but um, your uncle Mordecai is my right-hand man. He can make whatever law he wants. Here's my ring. You seal it. Somebody say influence can change laws. And she goes to Mordecai and says, okay, here's what the deal is, Mordecai. You can make whatever law you want right now. You can make a law that overrides the past one. 
And so Mordecai says, all right, let's do it. They make another poster. And this poster says, the Jews can rise up and protect themselves and destroy any of their enemies who come against them on the same day. And they post it everywhere. Now, most smart people are going to realize, the king is for these people now, we're not fighting. I said smart people, not everybody's smart, because apparently, after the law is made, isn't quite the end. They, on that day, rise up, and the enemies of the Jews are defeated, and it is an unbelievable defeat. A day that was supposed to wipe out a nation became a day when 75,000 enemies of the Jews were defeated. You see, the enemy was completely routed. History was completely changed because of influencers. Esther never picked up a sword. Esther never had to learn how to use a slingshot. She used her influence. The very enemies that hated God's people were gone. The law was changed. And Esther, the influencer, did one more thing. She said, okay, this is good, but we're going to change history so nobody ever forgets this. And she says, Mordecai, we need one more thing written up here because you're the guy who gets the king's ring and you can do it. Write up that every year at this time there will be a celebration remembering what God did for his people so that it's never forgotten. And can I tell you, it's never been forgotten. You and I are reliving it right now thousands of years later because of an influencer who said yes to God, who stayed true to her character and her beliefs and wasn't afraid to boldly influence people for God's kingdom. So let me ask you as we finish up today, are you an influencer? Has God called you to make a difference, to cause someone to be in a position? Our world needs influencers who care about God's kingdom purposes. If we don't rise up, there are plenty of others who want to rise up and take us in directions that go against God's will and God's purpose. And you can sit there and complain, but it won't change anything. You know what changes families? You know what changes destinies? People of faith who step out and change their world. I believe that there are people of faith in this room, some influencers, some the ones who take the positions and the ones who go out and fight the enemies, the, the fighters and the business people. But today, I want to call out influencers. I want to pray it and call it out for each of you. I'm looking around today to see if there's anyone here who has never accepted Christ because, you see, to be an influencer who's a person of faith, you have to have faith to begin with. You can't have faith if you're not a Christian. You can't even begin to change the world by faith until you know Him. And so today, in case there's one who may not know Him, we're going to take an opportunity to pray and ask the Lord to save, to make us free. You see, Scripture says, if anyone will confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, that God, you know, hung on the cross, paid the price, and raised from the dead, they'll be saved. You become a person of faith when you ask Christ into your life. It's a beginning. 
So we do that simply by repeating a prayer to let words come out what we're feeling here. We call that the beginning. So I want you to pray with me, each of you, in case there's one here this morning who has not had the chance to do this. If you'll just bow with me, we're not trying to embarrass anybody, and repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Use my life. Make me a great person of faith. Amen.